If you're feeling anxious right now, I get it. Growing up and during my teenage years, my college years, I wouldn't have gotten it, but after a recent experience, I, I think I get it. I was actually in the living room of a friend's house who was help uh, coaching me through some public speaking skills. Uh, he's a friend, he's very encouraging, very kind guy, but for some reason I can't quite explain, as I was standing in his living room, anxiety struck me like I had never felt before. My breath got shallow, my mind started to race. I remember actually feeling my toes curling up inside of my shoes and he was talking, trying to coach me, but, but my brain was somewhere else and I just knew that I had to leave and actually did. I got in the car and my wife was there and she asked me if I was okay and what was wrong and I couldn't find a logical explanation to help her feel what I was feeling. But I bet you get that. If you're watching this video, it's probably because anxiety is part of your story. In, in fact, maybe you're feeling really strong anxiety right in this moment. Maybe it's late and you can't sleep because your thoughts are racing. Maybe it's early because you couldn't go back to sleep when that thought got kind of stuck in your head or maybe it's just been way too long that this has been part of your day-to-day -day life. Well, if that's you, I'm glad that you're watching because I want to open the Word of God and help. I won't promise you any quick cures or magic bullets, but there are some things that God says to us to help us deal with anxiety. And here's the place where I want to start. Just breathe. Actually, could you do that with me right now? Do you know why breathing is one of the best defenses against anxiety? Because of a little almond-shaped thing right in the middle of your head called the amygdala. Do you know how that works? The amygdala is what's responsible for your fight or flight response to danger. In other words, if a, a lion busts into the room that you're in, your amygdala would instantly kick into gear and here's what it would do. It would take all of your body's energy and resources away from systems that aren't really needed in that moment and it would send it to systems that are needed in that moment. So, you know, deep breaths. <laughs> you don't need that if you're being chased by a lion. You have to <sighs> and run. It would take um, energy from your digestive system and send it to your muscles, from the prefrontal cortex of your brain. You don't need to think, you don't need to worry about lunch. You're about to be lunch, so you have to run. That, that's exactly how your amygdala works. It's why when you feel anxious, uh, maybe your stomach is upset or, or you can't really think straight about what's true or logical or good. The amygdala is actually a gift from God to protect us from danger. But here's the bad part. Your amygdala has false alarms all the time. Right? Sometimes you feel panicked and scared even when there's really nothing to be scared of. Just the thought of a lion in the room can, can make you sweat even if there's no lion in the room. Like I experienced at my friend's house. There was no danger but I, I felt like I was in danger, like I needed to run. Which is why we need to breathe. It's a crazy physical fact that I didn't know before but when you force yourself to take some deep breaths, you're actually telling your amygdala it's okay. There's no danger. 
<laughs> I might be afraid of something in my mind, but it's just in my mind. It's not actually here. You're, you're telling your body, we can rest. We can breathe. We don't have to be afraid. You know, studying how the human body works makes me think of this great passage from the book of Psalms. Here, King David, speaking to God, says, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God wonderfully made you. And if we remember that, how our body fits together, we can take the first step into fighting anxiety. We breathe. Now, in the upcoming videos, I want to tell you a whole bunch more about what this book has to say about anxiety, how we can pray and seek God and see the enemy and, and do life together with others to help us. But for now, let's just take this simple step. Be still. Breathe. Know that God is here and this God of love is going to help you today. Let's pray. Uh, dear God, please help us in this moment with our anxiety. You say again and again in your word that we don't have to be afraid because you are here. Today, help us to breathe deeply and think deeply about that glorious thought that even in our hardest days, you are present. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're struggling with anxiety right now, I want to tell you about an amazing woman from my church. She gave me permission to tell you her story because she recently told me that anxiety has been part of her story for as long as she can remember. She actually had a very um, difficult, pretty tragic childhood. So being worried and afraid was kind of a survival mechanism. But as she got older and escaped the abuse of her past, she realized that she was looking at everyone in that same way, always nervous, always anxious, always wondering what if and, and what about. And yet, when I knew her at our church, she seemed like such an amazing woman of faith. She just had this confidence and this peace about her. And I asked her the question, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you handle your anxiety? And here was her answer. Quote, I don't. I can't. It is only through Jesus that my victory is found. I love that answer. <laughs> Like she's honest enough to say, this, this thing I struggle with, it, it's bigger than me. And I can't just rely on my willpower and my self-control to overcome it. I, I desperately need Jesus. That's why today, I want to encourage you to take this second step to dealing with anxiety. If you caught the last video, I reminded you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So you breathe deeply, tell your body physically that things are okay. And then you're ready for this. In the book of Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. Right, so, so whatever you're feeling anxious about, God wants to help you with that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that passage. There's so much gold in there. Let me just focus on one phrase to help you with your anxiety, with thanksgiving. You know, sometimes when we're feeling anxious, we just think of all the things that are wrong or all the things that could go wrong. And the Apostle Paul, who himself 
is sitting in, in prison. He has a lot to worry about. He's, he's reminding his friends about gratitude. Uh, many years ago, I was seeing a counselor who was helping me escape some bad habits. And what I remember most about our counseling sessions was he told me that our brains are really bad at focusing on two things at the same time. If you ever tried to talk to a friend who was looking at her smartphone, this makes sense, right? <laughs> our brains can like kind of do two things, but, but not really. We can only focus one place at one time. And so the counselor told me, you know, maybe instead of saying, you know, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you should start thinking about something else. And your brain, by its very nature, will kind of stop thinking about that. I wonder if that's some of the spiritual psychology the Apostle Paul is using here. You're anxious about all these things. You, you should talk to God about it. And he, he adds that little line, with thanksgiving. So let me give you this um, practical step. Um, if you're sitting in bed, uh, sitting in the car, your mind is racing, what if you tried to go from A to Z and thank God for the blessings that he's given to you? And maybe A, that, the air that you breathe. Uh, maybe be your, your boyfriend or your brother or some specific blessing. C, maybe you're eating custard or your cat is curled up in your lap or you have a, a close friend. Like, kind of inch your mind bit by bit into these good things that God has already given. Remind yourself what an amazing God you have. He gave you every blessing on the list. And don't forget about G for grace and M for mercy and F for forgiveness and J for Jesus. <laughs> There's so many good spiritual gifts that we have because of Christ. I can guarantee it'll fix it in a moment, but the Apostle Paul gives us this promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So brother, sister, breathe and pray. Pray with thanksgiving as you pray to God. For the longest time, Daily anxiety was something that existed out there with other people. Until one day, what was out there with those people moved in here with my people. In the years since anxiety became a part of my family's story, I've had to learn a lot about how the body works, the, the brain works. I had to learn about physical things and spiritual things. I've, I've gotten to study every Bible passage that mentions anxiety or being anxious or being worried. And here's something that I have come to appreciate more than I ever did before. That our God is so good. <laughs> like the, the God that we worship, the God who gave his only son, he is so patient and he is so compassionate and he is so kind and he is so forgiving. I think about that when I read Jesus's famous words in Matthew chapter 6. It's this famous section where Jesus is talking about worrying about your life and what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear, you know, these looping thoughts. And in the middle of that, Jesus doesn't just say, stop it. Don't be worried. God's got it under control. He actually makes this incredible offer to us. In these videos, we've been talking about breathing, praying with thanksgiving. But today, I want to share with you one of my favorite. It's called Seek. Here's Jesus. But seek first the Father's kingdom and the Father's righteousness 
And all these things will be given to you as well. To these worried people, Jesus says, no, seek, which is a way of saying mentally think about God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And I love those two thoughts. God's kingdom is the spiritual place where God is the king. You know, picture this a kingdom with walls and he rules with all authority inside and he uses his power and his authority to protect the people of his kingdom. It's, it's Jesus' way of saying, you're okay. You're inside like this, this tower that no enemy can get into. Your, your father is going to take care of you. He's going to get you to heaven. He's going to get you through this life too. And God's righteousness uh, is a fancy biblical way of saying to be in a right relationship with the father. He doesn't look at us and see everything that's wrong with us because Jesus shed his blood on the cross. We are right with God right now. This righteousness is a gift given through faith, just like the book of Romans says. <laughs> and if you're a more visual learner, let me show you one of my favorite pictures. This is by an artist named Christopher Powers. You can find his amazing work online. And I actually had a chance to speak with him and, and share my love of God's kingdom. And this was the picture he came up with. He depicted these broken down walls, like the stuff that goes wrong in life, like our, our mental health struggles. But he pictured behind them this place that we can still run to, where the enemy can't get us, this tower that is Jesus. And by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, this door is wide open to people like me and you. We can seek the kingdom. And there everything is right with God. Here's Jesus in this glowing, beautiful, bright, <laughs> the, the river is going through, the mountains are towering in the background, this kingdom of light where everything is going to be okay. That's the kingdom of God. That's his righteousness. And because of Jesus, it's all for you. I want to leave you today with uh, an encouragement that a friend gave to me. I was about to actually speak in my church about anxiety and I asked him because I knew it was part of his story, what should I tell people? I want to share with you his exact quote. He said, Mike, when you see people sitting in those chairs, make sure they know that Jesus loves them. Even when they're not trusting Jesus as they should. And when you and I look in the mirror, we see everything that's wrong with us. So today, let's listen to Jesus and seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. If we do, we will know deep in our hearts that everything is going to be okay. Let's pray. Oh, dear Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for loving us even when we don't love you as much as we should. Thank you that even though we have done so many things wrong, you have given us the gift of righteousness through your Son. We seek him today. We direct our thoughts to Jesus because he is our perfect Savior, our Lord, and our King. We pray all these things in his beautiful name. Amen. Ever since anxiety became a part of my personal story, I've tried to learn as much about it as I could. From the Bible passages that mention anxiety to good books on, on mental health, uh, parenting, from a preaching standpoint, I, I've learned a lot in the last year. But one of the things that I've appreciated the most is an idea that might seem kind of childish at first, but I found it immensely helpful. And that's the idea of what one author calls a worry 
bully you. <laughs> Have you heard of this before? In a book about childhood anxiety, the author says that we should picture our anxieties and our worries like these little green, ugly, fat, and frumpy monsters. And they, they waddle over to the end of our bed and they, they try to worry us with the what ifs and what abouts and this could happen or, or that could happen. And the psychology of it is that when you see your worries, not as something that's true and that's within you, but it's kind of something outside of you, this, this monster that doesn't want what's best for you, it's a little bit easier to dismiss them. Ah, oh, I, I know who this is, a kid can say. <laughs> that's a worry bully. And that bully doesn't want what's best for me. Did you know that 2,000 years ago, when Jesus talked about worry and fear and anxiety, he spoke about that very thing. Not a fictitious green little frumpy monster, but a, a real enemy, the devil. In John chapter 10, Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, Jesus wants to give you life, a life that's filled with God and grace and love and peace and a good night's sleep because you know that he is in control. But there is, there's another force at work, the thief, Jesus calls him. In John chapter 8, verse 44, he calls the devil the father of lies. And maybe that's helpful for you to know. As you sit there feeling anxious, it's good to remember that there's someone else in the room, someone who wants you to feel anxious, someone who wants you to forget about God, someone who wants you to be afraid. We are in the middle of a spiritual battle and this thief wants to steal God's grace from us, kill our faith and destroy the hope of eternal life that we have. So I wanna give you a tip today. In previous videos, we've talked about breathing. We've talked about praying with thanksgiving. We've talked about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But today, I want you to see the enemy. Talk back to him, talk trash to him, acknowledge his presence in the room, say, no, I see what's happening here. I'm worried and you're trying to make me worried. No, but, but there's a God and he's good and he loves me. It makes me think of that one little word that Martin Luther taught. There's this classic hymn written by the Christian Martin Luther who lived about 500 years ago. He had many worries and many fears and in the midst of his ministry, he wrote the song that has become famous called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Uh, maybe you've heard it. And he was honest about our spiritual enemies in the lyrics of that song. At one point he said, though devils all the world should fill, eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they cannot overpower us. And Luther mentioned there's one little word that can take the devil down. It's a big promise, huh? <laughs> there's one single word that can rob the devil of all of his spiritual power. Do you, do you know what the word is? Liar. The devil is the father of lies and what robs him of power is pointing a finger in his evil face and saying, liar. Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna make it through this? Liar, my, my God has got this. 
Oh, God can't forgive me because my faith is so weak. No, God forgives the world, you liar. I'm unlovable. No one's going to stick with me. I'm too much of a mess. I have too much baggage. You liar. God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. Acknowledge him in the room. See him. Call him out. He is a liar and Jesus is the truth. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But remember those beautiful words of Jesus. I have come that they, that you may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. Uh, dear God, today we pray against the enemy. Give us your Holy Spirit that we would have eyes to see him, to recognize his lies, and to admit when we're worried that's not from you and it's not true. You are God who is good, who is near, in fact, who is right here. You rule the world with both your power and your love and that means we are going to be okay. We pray this with faith. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my absolute favorite things about my local church is the group that helps people with mental health. I love preaching on Sundays. I love the music and the worship. I love the friends that I've made. But honestly, what I thank God for is the woman who helps lead the group at our church that deals with mental health. As I prepared to, to speak to our church family about anxiety and depression, I reached out to her and I asked her for advice. She's been on the front lines in her own life and with so many brothers and sisters at our church. What should I tell people? I asked her. And here was her five-word answer. Group, 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 and group. <laughs> she told me that one of the most powerful things for people who are stuck in their own heads is doing life with other Christians in a group. Yeah, maybe you've uh, checked out my previous videos on dealing with anxiety. We've learned some amazing things from God's word like, like breathing, like praying with thanksgiving, like seeking the kingdom of God, seeing the enemy, that liar. But this maybe deserves to be interwoven through all those steps. Group. Yeah, when you're worried about something and you're stuck on a certain thought, it's really hard to get yourself out of it, isn't it? Like to engage that, that logical, that biblical part of your brain that says, no, that, that's not true. It's, that's really difficult. It's like, it's like playing one-on-one -on -one basketball against an NBA center. It just feels like you, you can't. And maybe you can't, but with them, you can. You know, the Bible talks about all the time the power of doing life with each other. The one another passages of the Bible. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another in Jesus' name. And, and did you know that the Bible says something very similar when it comes to anxiety? The book of Proverbs chapter 12 says in verse 25, anxiety weighs down the heart. Right? Maybe you feel that right now. Just weighed down. But a kind word cheers it up. When you're stuck in anxiety, it's hard to speak kind words. But it's not hard for your friends. If they're not in that same mental spot, maybe all it takes is a group text for someone to speak a kind word back to you. An encouraging word to remind you to breathe or to pray. 
a biblical word that reminds you that the kingdom of God is yours and you are right with God even though you're still struggling. An encouraging word that reminds you the enemy is in the room and he's trying to steal and kill and destroy the blessings that are already yours through faith in Jesus Christ. Anxiety weighs us down, but a kind word from a good friend can cheer us up. So let me share with you a tip that has been a huge blessing in my life. Whenever I get spiritually stuck, like whenever I'm tempted, my brain is just not any good, blessed, biblical space, I find my phone as fast as I can and I text a group of about 10 friends. And not all of them have their phones on them, which is a good thing, but almost always someone does. And within a minute or two, I have a response. Someone's praying for me. And just that opportunity to connect with people and know I'm not alone. And people are asking our Heavenly Father to help me deal with my fears, my worries, my sins. It makes a huge difference. And maybe you could do the same thing. Anxiety might be weighing down your heart today, but a kind word from a good friend could make all the difference in the world. Remember that woman I told you about who leads the group at our church? Uh, It wasn't too long ago that she actually was right behind me waiting. You see, there was this young woman I had just met in our community who wanted to learn more about Jesus, but um, she was anxious. She was worried about coming to our church for the first time. She was worried about what would happen. What if she embarrassed herself? So guess what our friend did? Our friend from church waited right there. So as soon as she walked through those doors, the first face that she would see would be one that was smiling, encouraging, and welcoming her with love. Like I said, I, I love that group. Maybe by yourself, you, you can't overcome anxiety, but with each other and the help of our Heavenly Father, we can. May God bless you as you breathe, as you pray, as you seek, as you see, and finally, as you do life together in a group of God's people. Hey, hey, it's Pastor Mike. Thanks for listening today. There's actually something else I think you'd really enjoy, and it's our latest podcast from my friend C.L. Whiteside. Uh, I could gush about C.L. and his gifts and the message he's bringing to the Time of Grace community, but instead, I'm going to let C.L. tell you in his own words what his podcast is all about. There's this reoccurring theme on social media that I've been seeing on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on TikTok, and that theme is do whatever makes you happy. Man, that like I look at that, that's super dangerous to say. And I know what people really mean though. They really mean is do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't bother me or it doesn't bother someone else that I, I care about. And why I say that's silly is because like our sinful nature, the desires of our flesh, will have us happily destroying ourselves. And what's eye-opening, what's just fascinating is that the happiness we think this stuff of this world will bring us, like, it really doesn't last. Most people aren't going to tell you that truth. Most things on social media don't portray that. It seems like it lasts forever, but it doesn't. Join me, C.L. Whiteside, on my podcast, The Non-Microwave Truth. Search The Non-Microwave Truth wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.